check. Hello, hello. Y'all probably think I'm going to make that Pastor Dave joke again this week, but I'm not. Um, we're really excited about this morning. Um, like I said, we're starting a new series called Release. Uh, we just played that new song. And um, this morning's going to be really special. We've got not one, but two guest speakers this morning. Um, you know them. They're not guests like they go here, so they're not going to be new people. But when I well, I'll tell you who they are first, and then we'll do like a real, a real cheer for them. We've got Robert Ruiz and Domingo Amante speaking this morning. Um, so I know, you know, Pastor Chris, and you've heard people say, oh, give them a skyline welcome and a standing ovation. That's cute. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to give them, like, like, think Super Bowl Sunday, like, Justin Timberlake halftime show, cheering, welcome. If you don't like him, you too played a couple, I don't know, whatever. So I'm going to introduce our first speaker, and I want you to show them and let them hear and see all the love you can give them. Please welcome Robert Ruiz. Thank you, Falcon. That was really great. Thank you, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Good morning. Um, the year was 1979. I was about five years old, and my family and I lived in Puerto Rico. Around that time, one of my brother and sister were born. We live in the mountains with really tall hills. The hills were not like here, hills like here in Bloomfield, but they were really tall uh, and steep and long. Growing up, we used to own a big wood, just like this one over here. Um, it was really hard to flip it over because it had a big one in, in the front and two in the back, unless you were doing some crazy stuff. I used to feel so much freedom when we would go down the hill. It, it was like the big wheel had an engine or something. It gave me great determination, self-relief. There was time I remember somebody would be in back of me, and we would go down the hill, while we were speeding down the hill, you could hear like all the rocks and uh, dirt on the plastic wheel. I still remember it, going faster and faster. Thinking back on this was really dangerous because there's no way to stop it. You just hang in there and just going down, free falling. Um, at that time, with such an adrenaline rush, I feel like we felt like we were invincible, like we were flying in the air. Nothing could hurt us or stop us. It was really, really, really great. You ever remember that? You ever felt that, that joy? This was the first time that I felt joy in my heart and excitement. This is the joy that God wants for you. I often wonder what happened to that joy. Where did it go, that great joy? Can I get it back? What happened to it? Maybe life started. Is it the responsibility of life? In my case, fast forward when I first came to Skyline, even a couple years before, many thoughts started coming in. I need a beer. <laughs> I need to go to the club, the gentleman club. 
I need a cigarette. Many thoughts started coming in. What happened to the joy? What was it? Was it that you're hiding something from your spouse? Was it that you're free falling? You're actually falling in love, failing in life, like really, really failing in life. Maybe it was the cursing or social media. Or maybe you were hiding from God. You start saying to yourself, man, life is hard. I need to get away. I need to escape from all this. I need to decompress. I need a vacation. But you know what? You have to come back from the vacation. And when you come back, you know, back to reality. And for some reason, when you go to Florida or something where nice like that, the grass here looks like brown for some reason. <laughs> um, you may know or say that you're losing your life, your wife, your job, your kids, whatever's important for you, just put it in the blank. You may go as far as far, that's killing my life, and I don't know what to do about it. Have you noticed what you've been doing all this time? Since the first time you felt joy and lost it, you've been asking a question, how can I get it back? Parents that have kids playing sports or the Girl Scout moms, you say, this is not fair. This should be this way. But when asked, can you lead a troop, what do you say? Maybe you went back to school not too long ago, and you saw a sign, join the PTA, or you were asked to join the PTA. What was your answer? How about if you're single? Man, I cannot write the, can't find the right person. I don't like that. That's not for me. Ah, oh, never getting married. Or you may even say, I don't want to get married. How about if you're a teenager? <sighs> I'm bored, mom. I should have more freedom. Do I have to eat vegetables? Why do I have to eat vegetables? Actually, that's me. <laughs> I'm really excited to share what the Bible says with you. But before I share, if you ha have accepted Jesus as your Savior, this gift is for you. And if you don't have that relationship, I am so glad that you're here. God wants to talk to you. It's going to be great. You're going to be able to use this principle as well. We're going to be going over Philippians. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the city of Philippi, which is called Philippians. Let's start. Here we go. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 to 17. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming 
from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you, with all of you. Wow, all of you. Exciting, huh? That's a mouthful. What does that mean? <sighs> Do everything without grumbling or arguing. That's basically what it means. Um, I, look, I looked up the definition for grumbling. It says, complain or protest, protest about something in a bad temper, but typically a muted way. For example, <sighs> there she goes again with her attitudes, her ways. She's never going to change. This kid, this kid never listens. Man, what about this boss? He's always picking on me. He's ridiculous with his workload. I'm not a robot. Why do I even bother? At home, like in my house, in the garbage, the, the garbage is this tall, but the garbage is like two feet high over the rim. It looks like an ice cream. And there's two people in our house. One of them thinks that there's like SWAT, there's a bomb. So what they'll do, they just drop it and run. Because if they see the garbage fall, they have to take out the garbage. The other one, they don't care. Just drop and go. And then I get, I get home. Does anybody see this? Nobody? Even the dog sees it. Am I the only one taking out the garbage here? Um, yeah. Um, it's really, really exciting. The definition of arguing, exchange, or express diverging or opposite views, typically in a heated, muted way. <laughs> Nobody, we, we don't have that, right? Typically in a muted way. Uh, never happens, huh? Um, so I have a good example. Um, gonna try to work it out. Babe, uh, can you please now wash the color clothes with the white one. I didn't do that. Babe, look what it does. It wasn't me. Come on, babe. Babe, come on. I know you did it. It was not me. <sighs> you know what? Um, if you want clean clothes, you wash them yourself. Whatever. I don't care. Whatever. It's so easy to fall into this, right? And to think this is a lifestyle for some of us. But look at this, look. It says, it doesn't say stop grumbling. It says without grumbling or arguing. Okay, hmm, I will stop. So that you, us, may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Look here, so that you may become blameless and pure. It's joy, that joy. You can have joy in a crooked generation. You can have joy no matter what's happening around you or whatever you're feeling. You can grab it. The definition for blameless is free of guilt, not subject to blame, has lived a blameless life, I like this one. And unimpeachable reputation. Unimpeachable. Clean-handed. Guiltless. Innocent. Free from evil. An innocent child. 
Let me see that moment that you are free. There's no judgment, untouchable, full of life. You're eager for life. Something like a star in the sky that's bright, strong, fierce. Yeah, freedom. In the verse 16 to 17, it says, As you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or, or labor in vain. But even if I'm poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service, coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Wow, it's there. When I was going down that hill, I felt life so precious, so magical, so much freedom. You would just fall, scraping your knee, but you get up. You get right up. When life hits you, you get up. You don't stay down. You fall again. You get up. There's no stopping you. You don't back down. You tell Satan, not today. You're not passing me today, Satan. And the passing is basically I see that Satan and me are playing basketball. And I see him, and I'm telling him, you're not passing me today. You really could have that joy, that childlike joy. Um, yesterday, I, I had the opportunity to go whitewater rafting, and um, I had a glimpse of some joy. Like, all the guys that were there, they had a glimpse of joy. They were just having fun. Um, Wayne was just laughing. Joe Feeman was leading. It was really awesome. Um, that childlike joy, that big wood joy. Joy, Robert. What happened to that joy? Yeah, Domingo. Tell us about that joy. All right. <laughs> Love you, Robert. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I hope everyone is having a great morning. My name is Domingo Amante. I'm up here because Pastor Chris tricked me to be up here. <laughs> no, sir. I'm up here because Pastor Chris asked me to come up here this morning and talk to you guys. I am not a pastor, and for those that know me, I'm not up here training to be a pastor. I'm just up here as your friend, right? Just like your brother in Christ, you're sharing what the Bible has to say. Just like when I go to David's Barbershop and I sit down, we end up talking about our families and about the, about the Bible sharing the gospel with each other, right? Like life group, brothers and sisters in Christ. So here's the shocker, getting back to finding that joy. The answer is not focusing on the temptation, but the grumbling and arguing that comes before, before it. Any place in our lives that we're not thankful for what God has given us or promised us is a platform for complaining and arguing. Complaining and arguing sets us up for easy prey for temptation. So... It's Friday. It's finally Friday, right? I had a long day, a, week, a, a long week at work, right? So my coworkers come up to me and say, Domingo, let's go have some drinks, right? And mommy, I work with nothing but females, right? That sets me up for temptation because, Jose, what you think is going to happen if I go out, right? Ladies, y'all know what's going to happen if I go out, right? Yeah, y'all going to slip me that bill, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, now, <laughs> Now, now my wife is at home, she, did, she cooked for me, she's waiting for me to go over the bills, we're on a tight budget, and she wanted to chill, right? So I look at him and I say, forget that temptation, I'm going home, right? 
or, or I'm at work and the boss said I'm a, I'm at work and, and the boss is a jerk. Right? I had a, I had a long week at work. Right? So that leads to temptation because my boss is acting a certain way. Right? So what do I do? I start cutting corners. Right? I let the voice in my head tell me that I'm missing out in life. I'll start complaining to myself and arguing that the hood says I'm soft, that I'm missing out on that life, right? So that leads to temptation going back to my old ways, which never worked out, right? What about you? What happens to you that gets you to that place of temptation that leaves you to complaining and arguing? Think about that temptation that takes your joy away. In a couple of earlier verses, he tells her that we are set up to have the joy of a child in an adult world by reminding us that God has given us all we need, right? Philippians 2, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in his privilege, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete, Right? By being like-minded, having the same love, being, being one in spirit and, and one of mind. See, he says it right there. We are one in Christ. His love, his comfort. We are one in spirit. We belong to God and each other. His tenderness and compassion. If you really think about it, you have felt like this many times in your life. You know God loves you and, and has given you all that he has. He's going to take care of you. He even tells us ways to practice the opposite of complaining and arguing. And Philippians 2, 3, 2, 3-4 says, do, not, do nothing out of selfish ambition, ambition or vain conceit. See, this thing really hit me hard because I was struggling with this, trying to find out how can I use this. But then I started remembering, I used to be like that, right? I used to, do, I used to try to help people out of vain, right? I wanted the, the, the credit. It was me. I did that for you, right? That's ugly, man. That's the ugliest thing, right? It says, out of ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others, right? So how do we stop complaining? We need to release. We need to release our selfness. Stop looking out for our self being number one. We need to stop believing that we deserve better life than others, Right? We do not have joy because of how good we are, but how good God has been to us. We are full of joy because Jesus forgave us of what we truly deserve. And that's hell, people. We know we are loved and love others because Jesus loved us so much that he died on a cross for us. So how do we, st- how do we stop making ourselves being number one and release that joy? Number one, value others above yourself. The other day I was watching on Facebook, right, and I saw this thing that they was doing a social experiment, right? There was this homeless guy on the sidewalk, and this kid comes up to him and gives him $500. The guy gets up, the homeless guy gets up crying and gives the 500 try to give it back. And the kid was like, no, 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 this is yours, you take it. So the, the guy sits on the, on the sidewalk, starts cutting the money, the money. By the time he's put it in the pocket, this other guy comes, and he starts kicking the wall and saying, wow, um, my kids are sick. Uh, this is happening to me. This other thing is happening to me. And he says, can I sit next to, the home, to, to you? The homeless guy said, yeah, you can sit next to me. And he kept on and kept on, right? So the homeless guy, what he did, he gave him the $500. He gave him the $500, right? The, the guy didn't worry about his problems that he didn't eat, right? He didn't know where his next meal was coming from. He didn't even keep $20. 
See, that's what he's talking about there. That's what, this is what Jesus is talking about, right? That's what he's saying. Put their feelings first before yours. Do it without grumbling and arguing, right? Number two, look for the interests of others by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Here it goes again, right? If I'm going to do something out of vain conceit or selfishness nowadays, I say, no, I'm not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? I come back another day and I'll do it, but I'm not going to be feeling like that, right? Not looking to your own interests, but each of you the interests of others. How do I help you succeed? Not me. Last Sunday, I went up to Laz and I said, Laz, I need your help. I'm coming up here to speak. I've never done it before, right? Laz said from the door, he said, yes, I will help you, right? But the thing was, I needed the help when I needed it on a Tuesday, right? Laz, Laz didn't say, oh, this and that. He called his, his wife, Jenny, and said, listen, I got to help my brother. And Jenny said, Jenny agreed with it, right? He wasn't nothing, he wasn't going to gain nothing out of it, right? He wanted to see me succeed. So he got out of work at 4 o'clock, got home by 5, got here by 6 o'clock, right? He could have been grumbling and complaining because we still do work, walk through, through on Wednesday. He could have said, oh, he could have waited till Wednesday, right? No, but he wanted to see me succeed, right? So number three, get off the sideline. Look at the devastation that's going on in the world right now. So, so many people suffering. Right? Get, get up and do something. There's a big white trailer ready to continue to get filled up to help with Puerto Rico. Don't waste your time sitting around complaining about it. Get off the sideline. Get in the game. You saw last Sunday how many people got off the sideline and did something about it. That brought everybody joy. Everybody's out there with full of joy, helping each other. Right? And what you think, what kind of joy is going to bring to Puerto Rico, knowing that we out here, we really do care for them. Right? Right? You get up and you complain about your kids' coaches. Right? That happens all the time around my town. Take time out to teach your kids the sport or volunteer to be a coach. Trust me, you won't complain again. If it's that bad, then pull your kid out. You did something about it. You're going to feel joy. Teachers, complain about teachers. My child's not learning anything or he takes too long to do his homework. Get off the sideline. Take some time and sit with your kid and teach them in a fun way. Spend time to get to know them. Not just sitting there screaming and having an attitude at them. Right? It's your child. Do something about it. They'll feel joy, too, knowing that their parents care, right? What about social media? So is that taking your life by storm? Or are you just so used to it that you don't even notice that you're spending your whole day at work, at home, even at church, right? You're spending it, missing out in life, complaining and arguing about what other people are doing, right? Because you're not doing it. Put it down. Get your life back. Get up and do something. Start your own joy, your memories, right? Then post it up. Right? And the list goes up. Right? At the end of the day, number four, if you find yourself that you can't do nothing at all, and you're on that sideline and you can't get in the game, then you pray. Right? That's right. You pray, right? It's the biggest thing you can do from the sideline. God knows your heart. He knows what you can do and what you can't do. Right? So now, if God's telling me to follow these four things, right? And I will give in to temptation. I will be blameless and pure, shining like the sky. That means I will be full of joy. It does work because it happened to me, right? I got to read this out so, so y'all could understand this, right? I come, home from, I come home from a long day at work. My wife works full-time nights and has two day jobs. She, she works hard, so she's more tired of me, and I only have one job. Right? Not including everything else she does for me and the kids. Super mom, just like a bunch of super moms in here. Right? So I walk in the house and the house is a mess. I'm looking at this chaos from the sideline. The laundry is half done. 
The, the sink is full of dishes. Kaylin haven't done his homework. Kiara's calling me for Montclair to bring us something, right? Kalito's walking around the house dropping Dookie down his pants because <laughs> he don't, he don't want to learn how to do number two on the toilet, right? That's a whole different story, right? So what do I do? I start, complain, I start complaining from the sideline. I start arguing by being selfish, thinking about my own needs, destroying my joy and everyone's joy, not understanding that my wife is super tired too. She needs me. This behavior is bad. It's not, good, it's not a good fruit for my kids. They're watching my behavior. They will grow up like this, right? So when I follow these four ways, it really do work. It really do work, right? So this is what happens. I get off the sideline. I jump into the game. I bring joy into the chaos. I give my, my wife joy and a big relief. I do it from my heart without grumbling and arguing, thinking about her. And really, I'm super dead because in an hour, I change Carlito's diaper, <laughs> right? Wash the dishes, finish the clothes, sweep and mop, and I have the house smelling like roses. <laughs> <laughs> right? the, the, the house is full of joy and peace and at the end of the day I feel blameless pure like a shining star and my kids will see the good fruit and carry it on throughout their lives in this crooked world and my wife is happy, is happy as well and on, that, and on that note regarding my wife I just want all you to know how inspired I am seeing the marvelous selfish heart to her niece and nephew no matter how tired she is, she doesn't complain. She keeps loving. That's why you're my shining star. I love you, baby. So, yeah, so you may say, wait, that's not easy. How do you get off the sound and started doing it? How do you stop complaining and arguing? First, the first thing I did was say yes to Jesus. I surrendered my life to him. Let him take control, right? Then I got baptized, right? Then I, then I did it by taking advantage of the, all the tools Skyline has to offer. One of the tools that my, me and my wife started taking was re-engaged. I learned there how to love my wife by valuing her, for, her above myself, serving her without grumbling or complaining. It gave us a platform that we never had, and that was communicating in a peaceful way. Sitting down and confessing our sins to each other, which I almost got smacked a couple times. You know what I'm saying? And kicked out the house probably, right? But we did it with forgiveness, right? Something we never had. We're not perfect by any means, right? We just, we just had a big argument Friday. We're not perfect by any means, but we learned how to work it out, right? At times. I also joined Life Group in the past, building true brotherhood and sisterhood. This is where... You bring all your problems, whatever you're going through the whole week or whatever you're facing as a child, you bring it, you bring it there, right? You got people that are ready to pour their lives in you, right? You get to have a good time and everything, and the food is ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you got that. You got people that are ready to, to help you out with this, right? Uh, I also done Growth Catalyst, which is one of the greatest tools here. You get to grow a lot, right? You get to go through Romans and see why God is mad at you, right? And see why he loves you. Okay, so that's a great tool, right? The, la the, the, the other thing I did was got involved in ministry. You know what I'm saying? It was the greatest tool I ever done, right? I got involved with these kids. I got to learn. I got to learn from them. I get to grow from them just as they, they learn from me, right? And I got a beautiful um, teacher, Miss Andy, that, that helps me grow in, in God's ways, right? So 
Everyone here can do it. The first, thing, the, the first thing you have to say is yes to Jesus. Surrender your life to him. Right? Then get in the game. Get off the sideline. Join one of these great tools Skylines has to offer. Right? Your life will change. Look at me and Robert here today. We did it. Two kids from Patterson that never crossed paths back then. And we both lived in the same neighborhood, Kuwait. Guys, I never started from helping people. Right? I never, I, I helped people, but I didn't, I didn't help people like now, right? That's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants you to help people by, by, by being true to yourself without arguing or complaining. That's what he's showing us today. All right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you so much for today. We witness your work today, Father. Look where I'm at here, standing on the stage, Father, with my path, Father. I just want to say thank you for that, Father. I want to continue to pray for this church, for all these people in here. When time gets hard, when life gets in the way, and they're they about to start comp complaining, arguing, Father, that they stop and take a moment and sit with you, Father, that they don't fall into that temptation, Father. That's going to destroy their joy, their joy, Father. I pray for that, Father. I know sometimes in life we wake up feeling joyful, happy, but as soon as we open that door, life just hit us like a storm, Father. And everything comes at us, especially our kids, Father. That temptation hits them in school, Father, that, um, that they are tempted to do things from other kids that they know is wrong, Father. I pray for them too, Father. Thank you for this day, Father. Thank you for everyone in here. In your name we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. Take it easy.